This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. Hey, PubCast listeners. On this episode of the AIP National PubCast, we learn how to streamline your administrative processes with Robert Briggs, owner of Levity Music. Robert provides five simple ways to really improve your company's administrative processes. Welcome, listeners. Here we are again for another fantastic episode of the AIMT National Pubcast. And today, we're talking about one of my personal love-hate relationship kind of combos with admin. Because anybody that's listened to any prior episodes realizes admin is one of the most vital things we do as publishers. It's so important to get it right. But I am fully a creative, which I share frequently uh, with you guys, and, and admin stresses me out. But it doesn't stress me out when I know I'm working with a good administrator, which is always so, so important. So I'm super excited today to have my friend Robert Briggs with us today. He is the owner of his own company, Levity Music. We just recently got to know one another, and um, when we were talking, uh, we were connected with uh, some Dale Bobo, um, a good friend of the uh, AIMP as well, and he said, you guys need to meet, and he would be great for an episode. So, uh, Robert, I'm excited to have you come, but I would love for you to give us a quick bio on some of your background and what got you to starting your own rights administration company. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, yeah, Levity Music uh, is my own consulting firm that I founded a little over a year ago. And I generally work with uh, music publishers, record labels, um, independent writers and artists, some other platforms, just really trying to help lend my knowledge, expertise uh, to them when they are trying to make sure that they have all of their T's crossed and I's dotted around rights administration. I, I focus a little bit more on the publishing admin side, because that's where most of my background is, but I'm branching out a bit more into uh, master's rights administration as well. And um, yeah, I think I just really try to bring my background of having worked in this space at a couple of the larger uh, music publishers and rights management companies and give the benefit of that experience to a company uh, of any size or even an individual creator. So before founding my own company, um, I worked for about 20 years uh, at two different places. I worked at EMI Music Publishing, and over the course of about 14 years, worked my way up to leading most of the U.S. admin functions, and then the company was sold to Sony ATV. After that, I went to BMG. I was there for about six years, where I led the copyright administration department. That's quite a hit. You have worked at the big ones, and you've been through transition. I've been bought and sold five or six times, man. Um, so it's always fun being transitioned. But what I did learn 
being a publisher all these years is there's usually some common errors and things that people don't do right. And given that you have five ways to improve it, I'm going to let you jump into that and tell us how people can improve this beginning process of getting your admin together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think there, there are a lot of nuances, um, very, because a large ecosystem, there are a lot of people involved, a lot of different companies involved when you're trying to ensure that you are registering and collecting all of the income that's due to you, now, whether that's on the publishing side or on the master side. So I think the approach that I tried to take in putting together this presentation is thinking about process. And given that you know, no one's going to get all of it right all of the time, but if you set up processes that are reliable and you think about a few things consciously when setting up those processes, you're going to give yourself the best shot of making sure that um, you're successful most of the time or you know, reasonably successful most of the time. So, so just you know, kind of a quick overview of the five things that I'm going to touch on. Uh, the first is secure your input. Uh, the second is establish metrics and deadlines. Uh, the third is apply the four eyes principle. The fourth is document your processes. And the fifth is calendar proactive follow-ups. Um, so I've tried to take these up from the level of specifically registering a song or notifying a deal because I think they can apply across different channels just depending upon what the process may be. So the first is to secure your input. And I think this is just a recognition that things can come at us from a lot of different directions that require our attention or require action. You know, someone may email you, uh, someone may deliver songs. Um, you know, I don't think people use fax machines anymore, uh, but you know, in a, in a PDF or an Excel, someone may call you and say, hey, I have this new thing that's been released that I need you to register it. And I think it's important wherever possible to make sure that you capture all of those different inputs in those different channels into a smaller number of secure uh, buckets, uh, for lack of a better term, where you know that it won't get lost. You know, I think people use the expression, things fall through the cracks or someone drops the ball on something. And a lot of times that happens because um, a request came in and it just wasn't in a secure place where you know that the right person is ultimately going to look at it. So you know, I think at the most basic level, you, know, you can use uh, shared email inboxes or dedicated email inboxes. Um, you know, at a more sophisticated level, you can track things in Excel spreadsheets or you can use dedicated uh, customer relations management tools. But I think what's most important is to know that if a request or uh, some item that requires action comes into your organization, whether that's an organization of one or an organization of a thousand, it's going to land in a place where it won't get lost. You can always choose to prioritize other things above it, but you know that if you needed to find what's open in, in my organization, here's where I can go. 
and identify those open items and make sure that they're getting addressed. Now, see, you're talking, this is, like, man, I even get text messages. Like, people come at you through the most random ways to try to tell you, I need a license, or your writer's sending you a song the wrong way. You know, like, I always tell them, send it in the email. I get texts, and I forget things. So, what is the best practices? If I'm a young writer or a, a small publishing company trying to get my writers on, what is the best practice for you to convey to them as the administrator how to turn their stuff into you? Because that, that's kind of the best. I know that you'll get license requests and other things, but the basic thing for me as a publisher is what do I do with the song? And sometimes they'll send me an email or text it to me, and then there's a lyric and a DOC. And I find if you train them the right way at the beginning is a good thing. So as, as the administrator, what is the best way to have those writers or to convey to the creatives to get you what you need to start with? Because as you said in yours, I think it all starts with a song, and you need that. Yeah, so I think you know some of that is just going to depend upon – what are the tools that you use in your organization? Again, whether that's you're, you're the only person in that organization or it's a much larger um, set of people. But probably the most basic is just ensuring that they send at least an email that memorializes, here's the song, here are the writers, here are the splits. And if, and if they can send you audio and lyrics as well, um, then that's great. But I, I feel like that's at least the baseline. It's something that is memorialized in an email because then you have that reference point. And then you can always forward that to anyone else um, who needs that information to log it into whatever systems you might use for copyright registration or for managing audio or for pitching songs. You can always spread it out from there. Um, but I think at least having that consistent, okay, send me this information in an email. That's probably sure. the, the baseline that's going to be most accessible to most companies and writers. So then I'd say next, um, establish metrics and deadlines. And I think this is it's really around understanding how you're going to allocate your time and resources. I think it's important to think about, you know, let's let's take the example of song registration. You know, if you know that performing rights organizations pay quarterly and you kind of work backward from there, you could say probably about six weeks to ten weeks before they're scheduled to pay, I probably need to make sure that anything that I need to have registered needs to be in place. So if you say to yourself, okay, well, from there, I need to do kind of a quarterly check myself to make sure that I have these things in place, it lets you know and it lets others in your organization know when are we on schedule with the things that we should be doing and when are we falling behind. And if you set those metrics and deadlines around your processes up front, then you can adjust when you see that something is going off track before you're in a position where you're having to put out a fire and react because it's completely gone off the track. So what you're referring to now is it's super important that when, okay, the song's been turned in, but now maybe you have a cut or a single, uh, since you mentioned PRO, say we have a single out, if you don't get your stuff registered correctly at your PROs, your performing rights organizations, or those quarterly payments Robert just mentioned, do not show up because they don't know where your song's at. And that's such an important part of the process. I like to get paid, so that's an important thing. 
Right. It's probably the, the second most important thing after creating the song, I'd say, right? If it's generating yeah. money, you want to make sure that money comes in. Excellent. Excellent. So um, after you've started establishing your metrics and deadlines and setting your triggers, it's just, uh, we're coming, I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but I, I read this, applying the four eyes principle, which I was unaware of. So I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. So I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Yeah, yeah. So next up, so this is one, um, as you know, some of these things, it's like I've uh, tried to memorialize them in this presentation because I learned them the hard way. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully, you know, someone else doesn't have to make the mistakes uh, that I did. So applying the four eyes principle, I think there's just a recognition that particularly in, in administrative roles, but in any type of role, everybody makes mistakes. Right? Even people who are exceptional at their jobs make mistakes sometimes. And if you think about the things where if someone does make a mistake, where is it going to take the most time and effort to correct that downstream? So just to use a specific music publishing example, I think up to the one that's uh, kind of most salient to me in this space is if you're someone who sets up the royalty rates for your agreements inside your company, right? Right? all of the money that then comes in against that song or that deal is going to run through those rates. And when they're incorrect, right, like literally someone's being paid incorrectly, um, you, know, you kind of have to process adjustments. It can create client relations issues. So something like that, I think it is important wherever you can to have someone else, a second set of eyes, verify. Did someone, you know, interpret this agreement in the same way? And did they actually enter the information uh, that we would, that you would expect? And what that allows is that if it is, if everyone is uh, aligned, then great, right? You, you kind of have that second set of eyes. You have that check that you know it's correct and things can move smoothly, move smoothly from there. Uh, but if there's a problem, you can catch it early before there's a lot of impact that you then have to unwind and fix. Yes, I hear our CSMs there are and here at Anthem, they're the ones that oversee each account and they are always doing what you just talked about. Uh, going back through, auditing through their, their statements, making sure the rates are right, because we're talking pennies and micro pennies, but those micro pennies can add up and need to be allocated the proper way. So if it's not put in the right way from reading the contract, that can be a huge mess of problems for everybody. transition into to my next uh, point, which is documenting processes. Um, and I think, you know, this is, it's important to really capture what is happening, how things are supposed to happen, you know, what are the key inputs, what are the key pieces of work that someone does, what are the key results and outputs that they produce. Uh, I think having that memorialized, it can help eliminate questions, ambiguities, you know, the way something is happening is, is ensuring that it's not different from how you thought it was happening. <laughs> that's a big, and, that's yeah. a big thing too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's easy to take for granted um, until something comes up where that disconnect becomes evident in a way that again, you're sort of firefighting or dealing with a problem. Um, and then it also is just, I think it becomes very important 
um, at moments of transition, right? As people shift into different roles or move in or out of organizations, you don't want to be in a position of having to figure out everything that someone was handling or how a process should be working when you have the added pressure of the role changing or the person's responsibilities changing. I can say with 100% uh, support on this, having going through this right now through a transition due to COVID that I'm like trying to figure out someone's job that I did not have documentation of everything. So it's been a bit of a challenge. (laughs) You can't understand how valuable this is until you don't do it and realize you've got to train somebody all over again. Yeah. And then the, the last point that I have is calendaring proactive follow-up. Uh, and I think it's kind of a recognition that, as I said before, music publishing in particular, it's a pretty wide ecosystem. Um, and at any company, you know, you, you have the things that you need to get done and that you're responsible for but you need other people to take action as well. And those can be colleagues in your department and other departments. Those can be people um, at the performing rights organizations, your other business partners. And when you send something off to someone because you need them to take action on it, you can't expect that that is going to be the most important thing to them or at the top of their list, even if it might be at the top of your list. So I think that's where it's important to, to maintain ownership of the result and just to make sure that, okay, I'm, I'm sending this off, but I'm going to set in my calendar that I'm going to check in on this in a week or two weeks or a month, kind of whatever time is appropriate, if I haven't heard back, just to make sure that it's done. And if it isn't done, that it moves back up, you know, that person's radar, uh, I think. I, as I said, some of these things I've learned the hard way and send something off and you're expecting that it's going to be taken care of and you don't find out that it isn't until the client is asking you about it again. And then you discover that it isn't done. Uh, so I, I try to stay out of that place now to say, well, I sent this to this person and they just haven't taken care of it. Like I try to you want to maintain ownership of that and, and follow it through. Uh, and I think you'll find that You'll save yourself a lot of headaches down the line if you can stay on top of that follow-up process. So, Robert, what's kind of a typical day look like in your world of, of admin? And, and if you're answering an answer to me, I'm just coming in. I'm, maybe I'm an independent uh, small publishing company. And I'm coming to you going, like, man, what are you going to do for me? Like, what does is, what is your day look like? How would you uh, answer that question for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it can range a little bit depending upon the, the clients that I'm working with at a given time. And say at the, the more strategic end, I've worked with a couple of companies that um, were not in publishing, but were looking to get into the space. They had some client opportunities. So they were really trying to understand what is it that we need to put in place from the ground up to actually be in this business. Uh, so I think that's probably more on the strategic side of saying, you know, you need to um, have agreement templates and, you know, here are the kind of deal terms you need to agree on. You need to set up entities with the PROs to get some kind of asset management system in place. Uh, so I think that, yeah, more on the strategic end of the spectrum, more on the, the tactical end. 
clients have different needs. Sometimes it's just a bandwidth issue. There's something, a particular project uh, that they need some support on that they just don't have bandwidth to handle within their organization. So I'm able to help them kind of generally because I've worked in the space, there's a relatively low learning curve and then I'm able to relatively quickly kind of help them look at that project. Somewhere in between, uh, I think what I've tried to think about is having worked at these larger publishers where there is, is in my view, very, very high volume, hundreds of deals a year, tens if not hundreds of thousands of songs that you're dealing with a year, thousands of inquiries that you're dealing with every year. Uh, Trying to bring some of that rigor around managing the process that I've had had to develop to manage those very, very high volume environments, bringing some of that same rigor and efficiency and effectiveness to the processes at companies that may not be as large, but that can still benefit from looking at some of these things and thinking about them uh, consciously and, and intentionally. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunzi, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast.